I'm Kate Remington, catching up with composer Andrew Prollo. It is so great to have a chance to talk with you again. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I had such a great time talking with you about your soundtrack for Outer Wilds, the original Outer Wilds. They described it as a backpacking adventure in space. And your soundtrack for the DLC for Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye, has just come out. And then you released um, some sort of well, let's call it DLC for the soundtrack, too. Um, and uh, so it's going to be great to talk about both of those. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about them today. And the release has been going really well so far over the past few weeks. And, um, yeah, it's just been really exciting to see the great feedback and reception of the new tracks, as well as um, both Echoes of the Eye and Outer Wild still doing really well all this time later. Well, yeah, and I'm, I don't want to really include any spoilers at all because there might i'm sure there are people who still haven't gotten around to playing echoes of the eye i missed it the first time it was you know when it was first released and so i'll just kind of ever so briefly mention that it's it's another fascinating adventure and it gives the player a chance to explore a new world it's a really cool ring world called the stranger and you have to kind of piece together what happened to the civilization that built it and why and and how things ended up with them and and then you added this uh the lost reels recently which expanded the music that you wrote for echoes of the eyes so what i'd love to know just for start for starters for openers is how did the creators of outer wilds alex and loam at uh mobius how did they describe echoes of the eye for you um essentially it was us talking about getting into cosmic horror this side around at first it was i think more like the wonderment of exploration technically early on in your career as a space cadet and as we delved further into the outer wilds universe we were able to create this new concept of maybe not everything out there is as friendly as you think and this is the first time where there's actually a different life form that's threatening. Besides some of the anglerfish stuff from the first game, there were areas that were it was more like yourself versus nature. And yeah. in this one, like there is it's a lot more threatening with the inhabitants on this super planet. And that's and as you descend further and further into their storyline, you start to realize that things aren't all that they seem to be and you're unlocking and unraveling this whole new thing that you had no idea was even there because essentially echoes of the eye is a sequel built within the outer wilds universe and you unlock it and you're dropped into this new place out of nowhere and that's kind of the magic behind starting off echoes of the eye yeah, it's fascinating. And I was getting a really strong Riven vibe 
all the way through while I was playing it because there are so many things to explore and so many things you just can't understand because their language is inscrutable to us and there's no way to actually even learn it. And uh, it was really cool that um, Alex and, and Lone said that they had they sort of started with the question that they wanted answered, the answer to the question. And then they worked worked backwards to, um, you know, set up this, the storyline and the exploration. And did that affect how you wrote the music at all? It did in a sense that I think the fact that they were writing the story that way, I ended up writing a lot of the major tracks towards the end since it was a little bit of figuring out the tone and setting it right in the beginning just like i did with the main title in timber hearth like i did write as you're approaching the stranger as one of the first tracks to kick off everything but i didn't write the river or river's end or uh the the sound of water until close to the very end of production um and i think the reason that being is that we were kind of struggling finding a tone. And as we were going through writing all the other cues and developing the world, I was able to finally come across what I consider like some of the main themes and the ones that I wanted to stand out and the ones that you're hearing over and over again. So you're always dropping in over and over. And so you're going to hear that tune a lot of times in a row every time, no matter what, you'll hear that tune at least once. So I wanted to just make it captivating and really encompass everything that echoes of the eye is and within the first like 30 seconds of dropping into the world And the theme is, it's great. It's, and you've used it in so many different ways. Sometimes it's just right out there and other times it's really subtle. And how do you know when you've got the right theme, when you finally like nailed it? I think there's a certain feeling that we all get when it felt right. And when I was writing The River, I had been coming home from a trip out of town and I had all these flight delays and stuff. And it was kind of the rush of the moment feeling of kind of jump, like leaving and jumping onto a plane and having to get all this stuff done and not knowing if I'm going to make it back since there's been so many delays lately. And 
I think that feeling helped kind of inspire a little bit of that when I got back to work on the river and helped me come up with some cool ideas for like just using real life experiences to relate to maybe the rushing rapids of of um a brand new planet that you have no idea what you're looking into. That first moment when you step on a raft and even then you're not really sure, you know, how the controls of the raft work, but there's there is a real sense of relief of release and relief and a sense of of just flow and momentum and now I can hear how how you came to that. It's just a really really cool track. Thanks. Yeah, the the main thing I wanted to accomplish was within the first minute like 30 seconds or so I kind of take some familiar instruments from like especially the banjo and acoustic guitar and kind of have them like running through that loop and then like I I hit some of the electric guitar stuff I do in the first game but then right after that it kind of kicks off into the almost piratey sounding like acoustic guitar and stuff and then that kind of kicks into the traveler's instrument singing over the top and over that track, it turns into the unknown towards the end where you're like, oh, this is new. And to me, that was like the transitional moment because I was trying to figure out how do you familiarize people with the new material slowly so that it doesn't feel out of place. And the river is the main track that I did that in.
I have talked with, it, it's kind of neat because I've been doing this podcast long enough now that I'm circling back with composers who are writing sequels to soundtracks that we had talked about, you know, a couple years earlier. And I'm wondering what some of the challenges were for you writing music for a sequel or for the DLC. I think it was all of us not knowing what the reception would be. So it was more of that sort of mind game and hoping that the sequel didn't fall flat. And originally, from my remembering, it was going to be a lot shorter of a game, a couple hours experience, and it turned into this whole thing that's almost as long as the original title. Hmm. Um, and for some people, it is as long, depending on how you solve puzzles. And um, the fact that the music was so much darker and the tone was so much darker and it does turn into sort of like a horror game at certain points. Not too bad, but I'd say like the scariest parts of Zelda, maybe even scarier um, once you get into the darkness areas. So th I think that was what we were wondering if people would connect to it still or not, since it was sort of a different genre. It was mostly like Outer Wilds take on being scary the whole time rather than just at a planet or two. So like when you're camping and all of a sudden it's nighttime and you realize that you really are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what were some of the like essential things that you wanted to hang on to from the original Outer Wilds soundtrack? I mean, it's great to hear that banjo again. I wanted to keep the I what I did this time and I focused a little bit more on electric guitar since that was sort of the middle ground between using all the analog synths and crazy loops and things like that and changing the audio and messing with it. Um, and sampling it. Um, so that was sort of the through line. And then towards the end is when I can finally bring back instruments. I was just treating everything as I did in the first game with the Nomai and the Herthians, where just depending on the story is when I can bring things back. And with the new alien civilization, I sort of meld it to when there's a Herthian moment or there's a connection with the Nomai or there's a connection with anyone I sort of bring their instruments back and circle them in but a lot of the new content just focused on the new planet and their take on music which the, the way I focused on it was they they emote through music experimentation um, while the Herthians emote with instruments that we know as earthlings that we have on our planet and then the Nomai are more piano based and Kind of, kind of music experimentation, but not totally as far as the new civilization goes.
it's really cool, you know, exploring the stranger. And there are these areas where you, you, they've left the instruments behind and they're just sitting like on a porch or on almost like a little deck or something. And the, the way they're modeled is really cool. And I'm wondering if those gave you any ideas for the instruments or the sounds that you could incorporate? Yeah, I helped design the New Traveler's instrument with um, Ian Jacobson and Alex Beecham. Basically, I was asked to come up with a concept of where I think I should take it and what it should sound like. So at the as I was composing the new melodies, I was thinking of what it would visually look like. And I based it off of a hurdy-gurdy. And... <laughs> But the uh, the drone is is like a guitar loop that sounds a little bit um, uneasy, and then the the melody part is I combined this haunted slide guitar I found in New Orleans with, and that kind of hits the Bayou vibe of the Stranger, and then I com- combined that with a a synth and sort of layered those two together to create its own almost hurdy-gurdy it almost sounds like a theremin but i wanted it to be where you couldn't quite place your finger on it because it sounds like many things at once and it was it was cool to do that because i with outer wilds i did that a little bit but in echoes of the eye i could really kind of do what i wanted and then we could just invent this new instrument kind of based on multiple things because it's almost like a mix between a cello and a hurdy-gurdy visually so it's wow. kind of combining like a couple things at once, which was really fun. I had a great time doing that.
I think the really cool thing about creating an instrument like that is there's no wrong way to play it. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've just made it. And so then you can realize all of its possibilities, which is just really neat. Yeah, exactly. So you're not restricted to range or any of that. You can like, cause sometimes I'll have it playing pretty low and then other times I'll just have it in the stratosphere, like that when the theremin parts. Yeah, that, that is really cool. Um, one, one of the things that's so interesting about the way that Echoes of the Eye is set up is the, the balance and the kind of switch back and forth between lightness and darkness. And there are some things in the game that you'll only see if you're in the dark. And so how did you incorporate that into uh, the soundtrack? The way that I approached lightness and darkness was really, um, I think there are times where I do filter out some of the sounds, like when, when the end times kicks in and, and you're in the, the stranger, it feels sort of muted and like you're in some other realm inside of the yeah. game. So it's like almost like you're, you're hearing it through the outside of the planet. And then there's other areas where I really bring out the sound, like when you're approaching the the cabin in the woods area. Um, I have the music get louder as you approach, so you kind of feel like you, you have no idea what you're getting into. And when, when we designed that cabin in the woods area, we weren't really sure. We, we knew what we wanted it to feel like, but we had to hit it correctly. So we I went through a lot of revisions on that to get everything feeling spooky enough but still outer wildsy and my original approach that i hope i pulled off in the end was i wanted to combine sort of the the excitement of the pirates of the caribbean ride at disneyland with <laughs> with how you feel when you go to the haunted mansion when you're really young and it's actually scary and I was trying to think back to those days when I was like I five or six. Or it was more like when I was like three or four, four and I was at Disney World because I used to live near Orlando until I was five. And just how scary the Haunted Mansion felt. But then looking back, it's like the music just has this magical quality to it that now is like endearing in a way. But the first time you hear it, you're like, what? You're like... you. Like as a as a child, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. So I tried to capture that with the cabin in the woods area, and then once we kind of got that in the right realm of spookiness, that's when we really nailed the neck that whole section of the game, and everything kind of flowed from there. And that's the Elegy of the Rings track.
It, well, you really, you really did nail it. And, and this, the music with that area is, yeah, it, it just gives me chills. It's just it's so horrifying. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's so interesting the way the story moves along because you have to find these like slide reels and plug them in and watch them, except that they're not, um, well, they're, they're kind of not in sequence, but also there are slides missing. So you don't get the whole story. So they're, they're kind of like cutscenes. And did you treat them like cutscenes? I did, but instead of having it move linearly forward and backwards, what I did was I created these backdrops that set the emotional tone and then these hits that will be triggered when like melodic hits when there's clues within the slide reels. So as you're going through at any pace as a player, you're essentially scoring the scene yourself. So you could sit at a slide for a long time and like wait it out and it, it the scene won't move forward until you actually go to the next slide. So if you want to, you can even listen to the music a little bit longer. And if you listen to certain themes, like it'll, if you ha didn't figure it out the first time and you hear the theme, you're like, oh, that connects with this part of the game. So maybe I should explore that area. And that was the most exciting part since there's no dialogue yeah. for the majority of it. So uh, I had to kind of, I got to really jump in and treat it like a silent film in a lot of ways. And then make sure that I triggered things obviously enough to where people would notice it. And then in a way where it wouldn't be as obvious. And then if you go back and really pay attention in detail, it is quite obvious what to do next. Because we didn't want people to get lost. And there's only so many things you can do um, without any dialogue through storytelling. So we really... I think it was a fun, challenging experiment for all of us to be able to do that. And I had a great time doing the slide reels. It was awesome. Wow. Do do any are any of them like standouts for you that you really were like, oh yeah, I totally nailed that. I really loved uh, the one that a dream of home comes from, since there's this huge, beautiful midsection that you can just sit at and listen to and kind of feel how they felt during that portion of the story. And there's also a lot of story beats in there that hit a lot of mysteries that you're unraveling. So it's one of the main main scenes. And the other aspect that I like of it is if you reverse a lot of these scenes, it'll basically, rather than reversing the music, it will play the clues again. So like you can go back and if there's certain tracks that you like, you could go there. And I, I noticed that some fans would go and like sit there and just listen to certain parts of the reels and say like, oh, I love this theme or that theme. And it was cool to know that after the fact that people would actually use it as a little musical tool. So I was hoping that, that some people would discover that aspect of it. So that was like exciting to me. So the slide reels in general, but specifically A Dream of Home.
that's really cool. Actually, it didn't occur to me to run them backwards, to run the slide reels backwards and get a different take on the music. I'm going to have to do that now. <laughs> that's really cool. Mm -hmm. so, uh, um, well, let's talk about the, the DLC that you added to the soundtrack, The Lost Reels. These are incredible tracks. They just go on and on. They're very expansive. And I would love to know, you know, what the inspiration was to add all of this music to the soundtrack. Um, I can say I, I didn't feel like I was completely ready to be done. I felt like the whole end cycle of us getting through Echoes of the Eye was just so abrupt. Like towards the end, we were just, we were all working really, really hard. And then the release date was approaching. And then at that, it's just like you're done. And then you hand it off to the world. And I think because at that point I had been working on it for about like nine years or so, we all just kind of had to walk away. And I know there were a lot of patches done with the development team, but I'm, I'm contracted in. So I was just completely done and that was it for me. So I know they continued working on it, but, and they just released a patch a few weeks ago, I think. But for me, I didn't jump back in until a few months later with the lost reels. And I, I just wanted to use it as a reflection to say thank you to all the fans and to revisit the music one last time. And I did a reprise during the Steam release of the first game where it was it was sort of a medley of nostalgic ideas from the original soundtrack. And I basically did that with Echoes of the Eye and the Lost Reels, but it's a whole album within the album. Yeah. Kind of like how Echoes of the Eye is a game within a game. Um, and it was a way to, to use any ideas I hadn't fully fleshed out yet, or I was able to incorporate strings a lot, because that's a big part towards the ending of the game um, that I didn't jump into too hard. And with this, I could just kind of go with it and combine themes together that I hadn't been able to yet story-wise and also just make things sound like give them a huge full sound and really take it to areas that I hadn't been able to yet. What I really loved about a, a, a lot of the tracks is the way you process the sound and it almost sounds as though it's like an audio record of of the music in, in Echoes of the Eye and there are like little interruptions and you've kind of processed it so it sounds as though it's almost coming from a, a transmission you know a billion miles away in space and i how did you do that yeah that one was really great since my friend jason boulet w builds these microphones out of old telephones and i had already come up with the concept of doing this record where we're either using our signal scope from earth hearing their transmissions from outer space or we find their golden record and this is the remnants of that mm -hmm. um and a lot of that is our themes from the outer wilds like almost as is but i re-recorded them and then I, I i recorded a lot of them through that microphone so it's old and broken up and rather than me having to process it it just sounded almost perfect through this old speaker that's been around since like the I don't even know. I know one of them's from like the 50s and I think the other one's from the 60s or something. Mm. Um, so it just sounds very true to if you picked up a telephone and like heard it or like had some sort of a speaker on a device. 
Um, so it really captured that quality. And um, I have those kind of interspersed throughout. And some of it, I have it to where it'll start with that signal that we find and kind of bloom into the whole arrangement or other times I'll have it already have played and kind of come back. And I, I touch base on the main theme or the main title from the original Outer Wilds in it where we're finding that signal in outer space. And a lot of them, I try to, I try to touch base on almost everything.
it's such an amazing sound. And I I loved how on your Bandcamp page, you mentioned that this is sort of like what you imagine a golden record would be on a golden record that we've sent into space. And that, I don't know, that concept was just so cool. And one of the things that they put on it was a late string quartet by Beethoven. And your your piece, the last the last piece that you included with um, this, uh, the Lost Tracks, was older than the universe. And it really reminds me of that late Beethoven quartet. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, that, that was a really wonderful experience to do, especially because of that. And looking at the Golden Record and a lot of the tracks they placed on there, and just from the like story-wise, what strings mean in Outer Wilds just feels like a finality or a new beginning. And with a lot of those string pieces on the Golden Record, it felt like a perfect fit and a nice final farewell to saying goodbye, uh, possibly for the last time, to the game. So it's it was a very emotional experience to write that and a really beautiful experience. And it was a I finally felt finality and it felt like a great goodbye to the franchise if we don't continue it on, but we'll see what happens.
what are some of like your favorite memories of playing through Outer Wilds or or Echoes of the Eye? I think early on, I would always have a great time, even in early development, figuring out puzzles for the first time that I don't understand yet, since I get the sense of wonderment and exploration during those parts. And then, especially going back through, and I think a lot of composers would agree that when you finally have your music implemented in the perfect way and you get to go through and see it all connecting the way that you built out your systems is just wonderful after you've already played through everything. Um, those are always my favorite two parts. And I think the first time for Echoes of the Eye, the first time they showed me approaching the stranger, that and dropping into the planet, even without any music in yet, I just thought it was like one of the coolest things ever. How you can just kind of look up and I don't want to give it too much away, but it's just a really cool, cool area to find for the first time. And I think also playing through the ending of the game, the whole final sequence, uh, that part I loved to see. Since I a lot of it was conceptually told to me and I hadn't seen it gameplay-wise, we I was just working off of kind of the building blocks of the last half hour or so of the game. And then to see it all come to life with most of my music in there was just inc- like very magical because I we all had been working on it for so long at that point. And we finally felt like we had gotten the ending to a place that felt great and impactful. Wow. Yeah, there, there are actually, well, maybe, I don't know if I should say this. I think there are a couple of different endings, right? Yeah, there's some... There's some ways where you can break the game or this time-space continuum. And then there's some secret hidden areas. And then there's, if you don't unlock those or go to certain places, like it'll skip out some information in the ending. Um, and without giving too much away, there's both that in Outer Wilds and in Echoes of the Eye. So there are quite a few different tidbits of... of um, slide reel slash ending sequence that you might not experience if you don't find everything. So right there is an incentive to go back and <laughs> hunt some more. Just Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. um, what, what are you going to miss the most about working on the music from these games? That's hard to say. A lot of it, I, it kind of hit the mark for me for everything I love to work on in a project where it's, I get to write nostalgic music it's about existentialist things and the journey of life. And a lot of it's about reflecting back on the journey that you've had. So it makes it even more bittersweet to look back on it now in real life and like relate to it even more um, since we, we're all getting ready to move on and everything from this universe. So yeah, all of it, I'd say music-wise, especially like... Um, um, it was a nice way to connect with all these characters, and um, they felt like friends by the end. So it was awesome. Yeah. Well, I just I'm I'm gonna miss it too. It's just it's one of those games that is just really sad when you come to the end of it. And uh, so for the first time ever, the Recording Academy has added a category for game soundtracks, and your um, Echoes of the Eye Lost Reel is eligible which is just so cool and did you ever imagine that your music could be up there as a a grammy nominated soundtrack i absolutely did not and it has been quite the journey and 
almost perfect timing wise with how everything's been going. Um, and it's been really fun to just experience even running with an eligible soundtrack for the Grammys. It's a whole new thing. And I think a awesome time for everyone who works in game music and never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that this it would happen this way where there's this soundtrack I had been working on for so long and it just happens to be the exact first year that the Grammys exist for games. So I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, well, I, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you, too. I'm really glad I don't have to vote, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but good luck. And hopefully this isn't the end of uh, music for the Outer Wilds and Echoes of the Eye. But it's been fascinating to talk with you about how you put all this together. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time, and I am always happy to be on the podcast. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm always happy to go back to Outer Wilds. But as for now, um, I think we're pretty much... That's up to the development team, so. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll just wait and see, I guess. But yeah. thanks, <laughs> thanks again. This has been really fun. Thank you. Thank you.